We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service, like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dork. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, Jacob Niffin. Today, we've got Justin along with us. Well, hi, everybody. And we have, I hope this isn't offensive, but I'm going to refer to him as the Oklahoma Thunder, Oklahoma City Thunder podcast hooker, because he'll go anywhere. (laughs) He's also, you can hear him on 107.7, the franchise in Oklahoma City, 107.9, the franchise in Tulsa, the one and only capologist, John Hamm. That is a new one. I get... uh... (laughs) I get some nicknames from time to time. Uh, that's original, Jacob. Uh, just kudos, kudos to you on that one. This the first time I've ever got kudos for calling somebody a hooker. So you yeah. know what? I'll, I'll take it. It's uh, I'm he's into the, it, man. He's the nicest hooker I've ever met. Yeah, look. I'm well, the, you maybe haven't met too many hookers, Justin. They <laughs> they do a service, all right. I am. I'm the Julia Roberts. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. I'm, I, I only I service like the higher end clientele. So you know, consider you yourselves go. lucky. Yeah. 
He's like a, he's an expensive one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So uh, so before we start today, guys, I have to tell you a story real quick. I didn't even uh, tell you pre-pod that I was going to tell you this story, but this just blew my mind. Happened about forty-five minutes ago. All right. So I was driving home uh, down down South Santa Fe Avenue in South OKC, and in front of me was a guy riding his bicycle. Right. And he's like on the street, which is fine. I ride my bike all the time. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I'm keeping my distance. I'm, I'm pretty far behind him. And this guy is pull, we're going up to a red light. OK. And he takes his feet off the pedals and starts like bouncing them on the concrete. And I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? I got closer. No brakes on the bike. What? <laughs> he was Fred Flintstoning this thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's like what my three-year-old does <laughs> so, uh, my, my mind was blown i was like dude i would not be riding a bike on a main road where the speed limit is 40 miles an hour with no brakes how, how fast is steven doing yeah say it again I said how is steven doing <laughs> it was <laughs> it was wild man i was like this dude just straight fred flintstone braked his bicycle like there's no way in hell it that was uh, a. Uh, he's one pair of flip flops away from being Stephen Adams. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. I was also thinking, like, dude, you're gonna survive coronavirus just to die from a biking accident? <laughs> <laughs> like, you gotta make better life decisions, man. That's great. Uh, all right. Well, we have John Ham on tonight to join us with our 2015 NBA redraft. Each week on on Tuesday nights, we've been doing these redrafts going back. We started with 2019. We're already down to 2015 now. 2015 feels like forever ago, although February feels like forever ago as well. So, <laughs> um, so our listeners are aware this draft was the draft where Carl Anthony Towns went number one overall. D'Angelo Russell went to the Lakers. Uh, this was the Chris Stapps Porzingis draft. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder are in the lottery of this draft pick 14. They selected yes. Cameron Payne. Um, God, simpler times, man, simpler <laughs> times. So as always, typically we undo draft night trades in the lottery. Whenever we do these redrafts, uh, there were no draft night trades that year. So we don't have to go back and undo any of those. But as always, we are operating under the, the guys that we are picking for these teams back in 2015 based off of their roster. But we have the knowledge that we have in 2020 about who these players become um, down the line. So we're, we're operating knowing who these players are in 2020, but picking for the team back in 2015. Uh, so we're just going to go in a continual order. Uh, our special guest, John Hamm, gets the first overall pick. Justin will go second. I will go third. And then we'll just keep repeating that process uh, until we get down to pick number 14. So with that being said, John Hamm, the general manager of the Minnesota Timberwolves, is on the clock. All right. So just uh, just to recap here, the 2014-15 Minnesota Timberwolves finished 16-66. and 66. And this would, Yeah, not, uh, not great, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so this would be the the final season of the late Flip Saunders, who uh, passed away shortly before the following season. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was still because he was the executive of the team as well. I believe mm. he still ran the draft 
if I'm not mistaken, I think he came down, you know, seriously sick after that. But um, anyway, so so that's kind of the setup there. Obviously, this team has uh, rookie sensation Maple Jordan himself, Andrew uh, Wiggins. <laughs> is uh is on the team uh leading scorer of the team uh, kevin martin I, I don't know if you guys have heard of him uh he could shoot threes pretty well that's about it um other other players on the team they did have a player uh, thaddeus young uh but traded him for kevin garnett who is also a guy you may not have heard of before mm-hmm. um but yeah kg uh, basically traded with the uh, i don't know the, i think the promise of uh being given part ownership of the team, and that never happened. Uh, Mo Williams, for crying out loud, played for this team. Nikola God, Pekovic. This feels so team. long ago. Right. I, I know, crazy. right? Uh, Nikola Pekovic doesn't even have a neck. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys know the tattoo that Pekovic has on his arm? That, like, knight standing on that pile of skulls? I've always said that's a self-portrait. <laughs> he uh he was last seen in game of thrones playing the mountain or the house yes. i forget which one yes um so yes cory brewer uh played uh played oh for the yeah team. I the forget. drunken he, dribbler the drunken dribbler i forget if he played the entire season or if he was tra- uh, he got he got moved around so dang much anyway uh, let's just say this team was not another hooker Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um oh my gosh guys i didn't realize zach levine was on that team Zach okay. Levine yeah, was on that team. Was I he a rookie? Uh, he must have been. Okay. Must have been. Um, he would, of course, later be traded for uh, for Jimmy Butler uh, because reasons. Uh, Chase Budinger. How about that name? There's a throwback. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, the, the power forward position is set in stone. Uh, former number one overall pick Anthony Bennett is on the squad, mm. so they're set there. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Golden. Okay. Having said all of that, I, okay, I, I think I'm ready to make my selection. Sounds good. And uh, I debated on this quite a bit, actually. I went back and forth between a couple of guys, and I've decided to select Cameron Payne. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm taking Carl Anthony Towns, and mm-hmm. it came down to him and, and, and Chris Tapps Porzingis. I uh, did some analysis back and forth, but ultimately, I think they need the better player, and so therefore, they should draft Carl Anthony Towns. I love yeah. it. Totally agree. I think it makes sense. Five years later, I think it was still still the right decision for them. You know, he he's not a perfect player. He has his flaws, but I think for what Minnesota needed, I think hands down he's the right choice for them on the board. Yep. Yeah, and still today, I mean, he's still young. He yeah. still has a lot of growing to do. He's, I would say, ah, this is difficult. He's probably the most gifted offensive center in the league. Although Jokic is right there, uh, I think Jokic's passing just is, is so influential on that team. If Cat could become just like a an average defender at at, at the center position. Yeah, he would be incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. just average. Like you don't have to be a Rudy Gobert. You don't have to be a Stephen Adams. You don't have to be a Brook Lopez. Just be like f- sound fundamentally. Be like a Demontis Sabonis, and you'd be f- great. Yeah. You know, it's. And I hope he can get there. Uh, I really, really do because he's a really good player. He yeah. really is. So. Um... Yeah, that, that's what I took into account. Uh, Porzingis mania, and I was evaluating Porzingis obviously pre ACL injury because right. if we're redrafting, you can't assume that he blows out his knee and, and needs a year and a half to rehab. Right. Um, 
But even then, I mean, if you just look at if you look at cat stats, I mean, per 100 possessions, um, you know, per 36, his PER, whatever offensively driven statistics you can find, the dude put stats on the boards. Defensively, we all know by watching him play, there's some issues there. Um, but I, I, I would start. I, I wouldn't have any issue uh, just going back to that pick again. Yep, I yep. think you are right on the money there, Ham. Uh, pick two. Justin is on the clock. He is the general manager for the Los Angeles Lakers. It's Justin, me. go ahead. Mitch Kupchak, that's me. Uh, looking at this team, man, what a weird time to be a Laker. Um, which I It's similar to Ham naming off some of those players for the Timberwolves. That's kind of how I feel looking at this Lakers depth chart from 2015-16. Uh, you had... Uh, Jordan Clarkson leading the team in minutes. You had Roy Hibbert and Brandon Bass and Robert Sacre holding oh down God. the center position. You had um, Lou Williams. Roy Hibbert's a, a dinosaur. <laughs> right. You had um, Larry Nance Jr. I, no, wait. I'm on the wrong year. God Rewind. Dang it, Justin. Sorry. Larry Nance Jr. is who they took in 2015. Ignore Larry Nance. <laughs> I just got to that page and I was like, wait a minute. Okay. I'm with you now. <laughs> okay. Back up. Justin's like, we've got Shaq. We've got Kobe. I we've got see, Derek I Fisher. I can see the future and the past. Um, <laughs> Jordan Clarkson did still lead the team. Uh, God damn, that's bad. Also had Jeremy Lin and Vander Blue and Wayne Ellington, Carlos Boozer, Wesley Johnson, Jordan Hill. Um, not exactly a highlight reel of top tier NBA talent. You had Kobe Bryant, but Kobe Bryant was obviously, uh, one year away from his final season in the NBA. So you're starting to think you might need to, you know, retool this roster. You're probably not going to win a championship this year or next. Uh, you're going to, you're going to need to look for that kind of next foundational piece, that you can start to build a team around. And I think I know who that is. So with the second pick of the 2015 NBA draft, the Los Angeles Lakers select Devin Booker. (laughs) I think Booker, I mean, is a phenomenal player. And I think we've all just been kind of itching to see what he could do outside of the Phoenix Suns abysmal organization. Uh, not that the Lakers organization organization is without fault, but I would love to see what he could do uh, in LA, maybe with a little bit better supporting cast. And then just thinking about all the ripple effects that that could have, like, what does this team look like? Assuming that the plan is still to uh, trade guys out to get LeBron James. Is it Devin Booker and LeBron James in Los Angeles? Is Anthony Davis still a part of that? Does that change who they go after? I think the the kind of butterfly effect from what that pick could be versus who they drafted uh, with D'Angelo Russell and obviously ultimately trading him away, I think is fascinating. Wow. And uh, you forget Julius Randle played 14 minutes that season. Yeah. Total. Right. Because he because he broke his leg in game one of the regular season. Right. Uh, the leader in minutes played for that team, Wesley Johnson. The yeah. second leading minutes played guy, Jeremy Lin. That team had some issues. Booker's interesting. 
Yeah. Uh, Booker also would have played roughly 600 minutes that season behind Kobe. <laughs> but no, it, 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 it makes a lot of sense. And I love the idea of Devin Booker getting to be near Kobe yeah. for for that one season, even though, you know, that was kind of the Kobe farewell tour and it was kind of all about him. That I see a lot of Kobe's offensive game in Devin Booker. And so for, for Booker to kind of get, get his legs underneath him in the league, kind of learning next to Kobe, I mean, what kind of dividends would that pay? Well, that's the thing is like we always talk about on these redrafts. It's not just who the other surrounding pieces are or what the team actually looked like. It's really the the situation. And I think the learning situation of Devin Booker getting a chance to to spend some time with Kobe Bryant versus Devin Booker being on the Phoenix Suns. Like, who knows what his game looks like today? I, I have to think that it would be improved given that change in scenarios, but it's just, it's kind of fascinating to think about. Yeah, 100%. All right, Philadelphia 76ers are now on the clock with the third overall pick. Uh, we are still in the middle of the process. Uh, we had guys like Lukambaugh, Mute, Jeremy Grant, uh, Nerlens Noel played minutes for us this year. We were excited about him. We've got this guy, Robert Covington. He seems like he's going to be pretty good. Uh, we're we're kind of struggling on the uh, in the guards a little bit. Uh, Tony Roten and Jakar Sampson probably aren't going to cut it for us in the future. But as part of the process, our goal is to get the best possible players in here and hope we can develop them. And we think there is a clear cut. Uh, best player available left on the board after Cat and Devin Booker are gone. Uh, and that's who we're going to go with. So with the third pick, Philadelphia is selecting Kristaps Porzingis. Mm. All right. So so you did not bleep up the draft pick as I've heard that <laughs> referred to before. <laughs> Uh, that's, uh, I'm glad I didn't, uh, <laughs> the idea of having Chris Stapps at the four and yeah. Nerlens at the five is kind of fun. Uh, they would still need a lot of help in the backcourt moving forward. Um, but I mean, originally this pick was Jalil Okafor. Mm. So mm-hmm. you, you can't get much worse than that in this draft. Like John, we were, Justin and I were talking before we started recording is Jalil still in the league? I know last year he was with New Orleans. I don't think he's with yeah. New Orleans anymore. No, he's he's still there. But oh, he is okay. Yeah, he's very much the um, uh, the utility man. Yeah. I, I guess you could say, uh, <laughs> like the third center, very situational these days. That's been that's been his role in the NBA now. Hmm. Most teams don't even play one or two centers. Right. So to be the right. third center on a roster, yeah, you're you're probably not getting a getting many, very many options. Um, yeah. All right, pick four. Uh, General Manager Ham is now selecting for the New York Knicks. Oh, man, I am so giddy that this fell this way, and I got <laughs> to pick for the New York Knicks. Uh, they finished 17-65 and 65 last season. Uh, Derek Fisher was the head coach. There's all sorts of thunder ties. We can come up with them all over the place Yes. Uh, when we're talking about this. Um, the executive was Phil Jackson, at that time that was fun (laughs) um now coming off of this season uh there was a lot of injuries carmelo anthony missed over half the season uh franchise cornerstone andrea bargnani also missed um (laughs) a chunk of the season 
Amari Stoudemire, it turns out, wasn't really getting him a five-year deal, wasn't a very broad idea. Um, so, yeah, they've got uh, they've got some problems there. They made some trades throughout the season, uh, sending out J.R. Smith and Amon Shumpert, which just set people on fire. How dare you give away someone as talented as Amon Shumpert to get rid of J.R. Smith's contract. Uh, Lance Thomas comes in, becomes an all-star when he plays the Oklahoma City Thunder, his former team. Um so yeah, that's oh my gosh! I'm looking at uh, Pablo Prigioni was on that. Yes, too. Samuel Dallambert, Cole oh. Aldrich. Speaking yes. of Thunder stuff, I oh forgot gosh. about Cole in New York. Yes. So, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of a rundown. Basically, what do what do the Knicks need? Um, well, everything. <laughs> so, but uh, I, I mean, looking at this and kind of seeing how the draft has unfolded, I am ready to select for the Knicks. And that selection is D'Angelo Russell Mm -hmm. from Ohio State going to the New York Knicks, giving them someone to partner temporarily with Carmelo Anthony, someone to play the backcourt because their backcourt the previous season consisted of Langston Galloway, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., a smattering of other dudes, Jose Calderon. Uh, So finally, they get um, someone who can uh, solidify the backcourt a little bit moving forward. I like that one. Um, I like it a lot. You know, D'Angelo obviously had his issues as a young guy in Los Angeles. It would be interesting to see kind of how he adjusts to that in New York. You know, does he have those same immaturity Mm -hmm. issues that he did in Los Angeles? Uh, But the Knicks just need a talent. Yeah, they just need talent. I I can't say that in past tense. The Knicks just need talent. (laughs) And uh, my first act as general manager is to bar him from ever owning a camera. Right. That'd, uh, that'd be a good plan. Um, man. That, so he cannot take off his teammates. The Just looking back, I mean, so Ham, I, I know you haven't been on these other redraft episodes that we've done, but we've done 2019, 18, 17, 16, 15 now. And, and it's it's funny because it's just the same teams every time, yeah. Yeah, first off. <laughs> right, and yeah. it's just like, man, like how many times are the Knicks just going to crap the bed? Yeah. You know, so this year they it's took impressive. Porzingis, which was a good pick. Although yep. every Knicks fan booed that pick on draft night, like <laughs> we'll all always remember that. Um, but you know, like just it feels like every decision they make is just so bad. Yes. Like put put a fifteen year old on two K, and they can make better like general manager decisions <laughs> than what the Knicks have done. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, it only got worse because I believe was was that the off season. Uh, where they went on a spending spree and brought in like Aaron Aflalo and yeah, um, uh, it was that Noah was the following year if I'm not mistaken. Right, that he sounds was right. The 2016, but yeah, um, yeah, they, they just started bringing in these like guys that were just barely just like on the downside of their career and paid them huge money, and the young guys couldn't develop very well. Then they fought with poor Zingas and. You know, Dallas capitalized on that. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's bad. It's so yeah. bad. It, it, one of my favorite things that any front office has done is the Knicks having Tim Hardaway Jr., letting him walk just to turn around and offer him, like, an insanely large contract yes. when he re-enters free agency to get him back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, that's about like, right. And that's... Yep. That, they just had no leadership, no consistent leadership right. in the front office, uh, you know, on down. Um, 
And, and that is why, you know, again, uh, best of best wishes to Leon Rose and company taking over, but (laughs) (laughs) there's one consistent there though, you know, exactly. So that, that whole idea of them having Tim Hardaway Jr. Letting him go just to buy him back for more money. Uh, this is kind of getting off the rails, but just really, really fast. I got to tell you guys this story because I think it's a perfect analogy. I used to work whenever I was in college at this store uh, that would sell like used video games. So people Mm -hmm. would come in and they would trade in their video games, uh, get like pennies on the dollar because that's the way the business works Mm -hmm. uh, to turn around and like buy a new video game. And there was this guy that would come in and I don't know, this guy was on like a, he had galaxy brain, man, I'm telling you. He would come in uh, with a copy of Killer Instinct 64. Yes. And he would say, I want to sell this. And I'd be like, all right, dude, I can give you five in cash or seven fifty in store credit. He'd say, I'd take the cash. So I'd give him a $5 bill. I'd stick the sticker on Killer Instinct. Our store would sell it for nineteen ninety nine. I'd put it in the case. <laughs> the next day, I'm not shitting you. The next day, he comes in and says, hey, can I buy Killer Instinct 64? And so, and <laughs> I'm not making this up. We did this process probably 30 times. <laughs> One day he came in and sold it to me, stayed in the store for an hour, and then bought it back from me and left. What? And it wasn't just that game. It, w- it was that game for like a month and a half, and then it was a different game, and then it was like a Super <laughs> Nintendo system, and it was the same effing console. Every Dude, I don't know what the hell this guy was on. But it blew my mind. And that's basically what the Knicks did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they sold their player for $5 so they could turn around and buy him for $20 the next year. Yeah. Because they weren't good enough to develop him on their team, so they had to send him somewhere else. And they've and then, been doing that every year since. And then years later, they sell Porzingis for $5 on the expectation they're going to buy Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. the perfect analogy. Yeah. That's so incredible. This is what people on meth do. Yeah, <laughs> they, they wind up buying like the worst video games of all time. Paying <laughs> right. through the nose. Yeah. It's, oh, it's oh man, I wonder what that guy's up to now. I wonder if he's like a millionaire or something. Maybe he's still going through that loop. Maybe he's th- like th- that's so. that's the the glitch in the matrix right, right. there. <laughs> we know we're living in a simulation because of that guy. I like it. All right, Orlando Magic are up on the clock with pick number five. General Manager Justin, what are you doing? Well, it's uh, me, Magic GM Rob Hennigan. You may know me. Uh, maybe not. This team is fascinating. Uh, looking back at who the Magic had heading into the 2015 season, they had Victor Oladipo uh, averaging 35 minutes a game, putting in 18 points a game. They had Tobias Harris. They had Nikola Vucevic averaging 19 and 11. That I feel like is a pretty good uh, place to start. They also had a rookie, Aaron Gordon, who is starting to show some things and look a little promising. Their weak spots, uh, they have Channing Frye uh, starting in front of Aaron Gordon. That's probably not super sustainable. Kylo Quinn at backup center, probably not very sustainable. The point guard position is a little tough to assess. They have a rookie, Alfred Payton, probably hard to get a read on where he's going to go, but it's it's hard to think he's going to be a star. Uh, and Luke Ridenour as the backup. So this one was a little tough, especially with how the draft has gone thus far. Uh, 
I was originally kind of leaning towards backcourt guys, but I don't necessarily love the options that are available to me at the moment. Um, so I think we're going to pivot a little bit, and I think we've got our guy. With the fifth pick in the 2015 NBA draft, the Orlando Magic select Montrez Harrell. <laughs> So this one's, like I said, this one's a little tough um, because I don't know that he is the best fit for this roster that has Tobias Harris, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Vucevic. But um, given what ended up transpiring with Tobias Harris being traded, I think that I want to take Montrez for the Magic's sake. Um, I think Montrez could help give them a little bit better interior presence. Obviously, we know Montrez has turned into an incredible player for the Clippers. Um, the progress- progression was a little bit slow to start out, but I think we've seen what he's turned into now. I think he's super reliable. He's durable. He's physical. I think everything that you want uh, to kind of get a good, solid rotation guy, I think he's got it for you. It's interesting. It's super Super interesting because I would, yeah, if you look at that roster, when you have Oladipo and you have Fournier, um, there's no need in, in drafting like a Josh Richardson at this right. spot, right? So, um, yeah, given those options, yeah, I mean, maybe you do just best player available and then you you do something else in the front court, whether that is, like you said, Tobias Harris eventually gets traded. Uh, he was, um, let's see, he was sent to Milwaukee, right? Was he part of the Reddick trade? Or am I making that up? Um, Tobias Harris? He was sent to the Clippers, right? Well, no, Let's before see. that. Did he go to Milwaukee before that? No, he went to Detroit. Let's see. Hang on. Yeah, he okay. went to Detroit. He went to Detroit. Detroit. That's what it was. That's right. That's right. He was part of the, uh, oh, gosh, which trade was that? That's what I'm trying to figure out now. <laughs> it was for Urson. They Ursan picked up Ilyasova, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Wow, yeah. Woof. Was yeah, it was a salary dump. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. So anyway, interesting. All right, yeah, I like was, it. That so, was a tough one. I, I it wasn't necessarily the guy that I wanted to go with based off team needs, but it was hard to kind of justify somebody else in my mind. So Montrez Harrell went thirty second in the yeah. draft that year. He was the yeah. second pick in the second round. Uh, we just took him fifth overall. I remember, so, uh, so so my radio partner, Jerry, and I, we this was the summer we started up our Saturday basketball show. And we, just, we were just basically talking NBA playoffs and whatever else. We talked a little bit of Thunder stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember we talked to, this guy worked at News 9 at the time, Kevin Kuzminski. Uh, I think he's in the New England area now, but I remember him talking about Montrez Harrell, like being like, that's a guy that's under should look at at 14. Hmm. And uh, I, I, I don't know why that conversation stands out to me now, probably because Cameron Payne was never mentioned in that conversation, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like he was, he was really talking about Montrez Harrell. He's really tough. He'll, he'll give you a lot of grittiness. He'll do a lot of the hustle work up front. Uh, the team could use more than that. And uh, yeah, sure enough. I mean, at least on that front, he was right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah fascinating very good well before we move on uh, we want to take a quick moment to tell you guys about betonline.ag with currently no nba nhl or mlb you might think there's nothing to bet on well you'd be wrong 
Our exclusive partner, BetOnline, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. You can also still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. My money's going on Joey Jaws. All open, 24 hours a day, and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. All right, this week I get the honors of drafting for Sacramento, who we've drafted for every single week in the redraft because they can't get out of the lottery. Uh, pick number six, the Sacramento Kings are up. Uh, I feel like it's obligatory that I do the uh, do the Vlade voice, but I feel like I'm going to butcher it. Yes. Vlade needs to draft. <laughs> Maybe we should just let Justin do this pick as well. I'm going to try the Vlade voice, and when it's really bad, you guys can't make fun of me, all right? Deal. Oh, God, it's going to be so bad. Uh, all right, so this is Vlade Divok. Uh <laughs> GM for Sacramento Kings. We uh, we have very good team. Uh, Rudy Gay, he he's great player. Ben McLemore. Uh, we got the the boogie, Demarcus Cousins. He uh, he big man. Me big fan of of Demarcus Cousins. He could have played in the nineties. Uh, he he will punch anybody. I promise you. So uh, we lots of players in the draft. We love the draft. I love picking in the top ten. I do it all the time. Uh, <laughs> And uh, we we just need some some players to help us get better. I want to make playoffs, so uh, you know, there's lots of players out here that could be good. Um, you know, there's big man from Duke, Jalil Okafor. I you know I love big men, so uh, maybe I pick Jalil. Uh, maybe I pick Mario Hazonia. He's uh, he's from over in Europe. Uh, you know, I also like Europeans, except for Luka Doncic. Not a fan of his dad. I don't think I'll draft him whenever uh, time comes in five years. So. Uh, but I think Sacramento ready to make pick. With sixth pick in NBA draft, Sacramento Kings select Josh Richardson. Mm. Giving up on Ben McLemore already, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, looking at the Kings roster that year, uh, the 2014-15 season, Darren Collison, Ben McLemore, Rudy Gay, uh, Jason Thompson at the four, DeMarcus mm-hmm. Cousins at the at the five. Uh, you know, they had Sauce Casillo on that team. They had yes. Omri Caspi on that team. Uh, Carl Landry was on that team. There's a name <laughs> wow. for you. Carl Landry. Um, oh, my gosh. Andre Miller was on that team. Yes. Um, That's so yes. so uh, they – I I don't really understand the Willie Cauley Stein pick just because you already have Demarcus Cousins. I know at this point in the draft you're just drafting best available, but you know it, it's not like there's a lot of great guys here that Willie Cauley Stein just jumps off the page like oh my god we just have to take him. And so uh, I, I I just think going more versatile and and not going with the position that you probably have locked up makes more sense here. Yeah, I I love that pick. I'm I love Josh Richardson. Actually, uh, was 
hoping to get him with my next pick, but I guess that's off the table. Oh, um, too but, bad. <laughs> but I think that I think that's a great pick. Uh, obviously, an upgrade over Willie Cauley Stein. The Kings do not need more big men. Uh, I guess they were really trying to set the trend for. Uh, what the Knicks would end up doing uh, in in modern day drafts of just kind of stacking their roster with big men. Uh, but I think Josh Richardson would be an obvious upgrade over who they, who they originally picked. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Pick number seven, the Denver nuggets are on the clock. General manager, John Hamm is making the selection. All right. So the Denver nuggets uh, at this time finished 30 and 52 in the prior season. Uh, head coach Brian Shaw was fired late in the season. Uh, Tim Connolly, who was later a candidate for the Washington Wizards mm-hmm. job, is running the team at this point. Um, and as we know, obviously there are uh, brighter days ahead for the Denver Nuggets. But at this point in time, just think about this, 2014-15, uh, they have a high lottery pick. Uh, players on the team include Ty Lawson, who has not yet been dumped onto the Houston Rockets in a giddy trade that they later made. Uh, Aaron Aflalo played his last few games with the Nuggets before cashing in with the New York Knicks. Uh, Wilson Chandler is on this team, mm. along with Danilo Gallinari. Remember, Thunder ties all over the place. <laughs> Gallinari averaged like 12 points that season. Hmm. That seems that seems inaccurate. Um Kenneth Fareed is on this team. Will Barton uh, yeah. was picked up midseason. Uh, let's see who else of note on here. Timothy Mozgov, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he was traded midseason to the Cleveland Cavaliers for two, two first round picks. Oh, my God. Yes. And that was, uh, I mean, that, that helped the Cavs out. So yeah. mm-hmm. good for them. JaVale McGee is on this basketball team, although I think he was dumped to the, the 76ers by the deadline, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so it's a team that is in transition. And, oh, by the way, they hold the draft rights to one Nikola Jokic. <laughs> who was a second-round pick in the 2014 NBA draft, the 41st overall pick. So um, there it all is at that point. And I think Denver went into uh, this NBA draft looking to uh, fortify the backcourt, uh, as evidenced by their selection of Emmanuel Moutier. However, uh, surprise, surprise, I will not be selecting Emmanuel Moutier. So um, <laughs> with that said, I think I am ready to make a pick. And the selection is from the University of Tejas, Miles Turner. Mm. Yes, I am going with another big man because the Nuggets would later trade uh, one big man for another when they traded Yusuf Nurkic for uh, Miles, or whichever Plumley. I forget which one. Madison one of the seven. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, you know, to get a defensive-minded uh, guy, Miles Turner could fill that role for that Nuggets team. Uh, so I am going that direction rather than looking at the backcourt, even though Nurkic, yes, he uh, started 27 games for the Nuggets. Yes, he looked promising. Um, but still, I think I would go with a more defensive-minded presence in the middle with this pick. I like it. That's I, a fun I'd one. be really fascinated to watch him and Jokic together to see how mm-hmm. that could work. I feel like potentially because of Jokic's skill set, that potentially that gives Miles a little more room to operate, but that would be a fascinating pairing for sure. Yeah, it's that's an interesting one. And and you mentioning that, Justin, like we've seen Miles Turner operate with another guy who plays center right. in DeMontis Sabonis. And Sabonis <laughs> right. has offensively, you know, uh, he's a good passer. He can space out a little bit, although Indiana doesn't have him do that. 
Sabonis is kind of like a, a poor man's Jokic offensively in That's a exactly way. That's exactly what I was going to say. He's he's a good passer, but he's not a great passer. Yeah, and so you know we're we're already seeing it. Although there's been talks like, does Indiana need to split those two? But we've kind of seen it a little bit with Turner and Sabonis. Uh, now you put Turner with basically a much better Sabonis. Uh, it'd be fascinating. And I'm I'm looking at this, guys. If I, as the Nuggets, decided to stick with the backcourt and make that selection, I'm looking at several guys that were better options than Emmanuel Moutier, as it turned out. I mm. mean, there, there mm-hmm. are a number of guys. With, you know, you're looking at DeLon Wright, Terry Rozier, uh, Norman Powell, Tyus Jones, um, Pat Connaughton. I mean, like you have to scroll down a while before you start even thinking about right. Emmanuel Moutier at that yeah, point. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. That was a, it was a rough one, man. And and I know people were high on Moutier, uh, you know, coming into this draft, but you know, it just goes to show you, I think one thing that I've learned from doing these redrafts is, you know, you can do all the scouting, you can do all the, the interviews, everything you want. Uh, but we really don't know on these guys until three or four years down the line. And, yeah. you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and some of these picks just look bad. They just look bad. <laughs> yep. Speaking and of also, bad. I think that, that illustrates how hard it is to hit in the draft, especially consistently. Like you mentioned, these teams that show up often, uh, I think it's just – it can be tough, and I think teams that continually find themselves in the lottery, there's probably a reason for that, and I think one of the primary reasons is uh, talent evaluation and development is uh, a big factor. 100%, yes. And I'm going to get us off track again for a second. Uh, just real quick, though. Ham, I want to ask you a question. Now that mm-hmm. Justin's kind of talked about the difficulty of hitting in the draft, I posed this question to the other co-hosts of this podcast, I think a week ago, and it was a really interesting debate, and I want to get just your quick thoughts on it. Which do you think would be better for the Thunder? In the next six years, they select in the top 10 each year for the next six years. So that would be six top 10 picks. Or over the next six years, they get the number one pick twice. Man, uh, I, I tell you, a lot depends on those top 10 picks that you mentioned. Like, where where do they hit? And I, I think, honestly, it comes down to how many times are they in the top five? Um, Touche. And, I, I mean, look, a, a lot of that is just if you go by the statistics, yes, there's a Steph Curry that falls out of the top five. There's a Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kawhi Leonard. Um, but those are more of an aberration. Um, those are more of the exception rather than the norm. So, um, you know, I... Personally, I, I think I would be enticed by a couple of number one overall picks. Um, and, and I would rather, you know, I think if, you know, if you're looking at it from the, from the Thunder standpoint, you would rather this team uh, be leading off the draft and making a pick and, you know, not having to, you know, not having to draft fourth or fifth. Uh, I think you'd re- you would take your chances on them leading off a couple of times. Uh, rather than trying to hopefully score someone, you know, with the eighth or ninth pick in a few of those drafts. Touche, touche. There was a there was a very stark divide whenever we had this conversation <laughs> on: Would you rather have more bites at the apple, uh, yeah, or would you rather have two really really big bites at the apple? You know, mm-hmm. and it's right. and I don't know if there's a right or a wrong answer there. There's just a gray area, but yeah, it's, I mean, because uh, there's going to be some drafts like 2013. And I know you're going to get to that one eventually, but 
you know, uh, if if the Thunder had the number one pick in that draft and, you know, reports are they were trying to trade up and get that pick, uh, I have no doubt in my mind that would have been Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. You know, and that turned out to be like the best player to pick in that mm-hmm. draft. So I, I would trust this Thunder organization to find, yeah, I, I would trust them with, um, you know, a, a really high chance of getting probably the best player in the draft. For sure. And, yep. you know, I think there's also an argument of it also depends on which draft. Right, sure. like Absolutely. not a lot of people are high on the 2020 draft because mm-hmm. there's no really clear cut number one guy. Um, but now, if you have the number one pick in the draft to get Imani Bates, it, we're having a different conversation, you know. Right. And so it's a uh, it, it's it's an interesting topic. Uh, I I don't want to get too much more into it because we still have to uh, draft, and everyone wants to hear who Justin's going to select for the Detroit Pistons at number eight. Mm, nobody gets more excited than when we're talking about a Detroit Pistons draft pick. Um, (laughs) The Pistons heading into the 2015 draft, coming off a roster that was anchored by Andre Drummond, not a surprise, but also Brandon Jennings, KCP, Karan Butler, Greg Monroe, a young Spencer Dinwiddie, Jody Meeks, uh, John Lucas. You even had uh, our old pal Reggie Jackson getting in there hashtag um, tears of joy hashtag tears of joy indeed john um, lucas by the way former thunder player yeah people you know i i don't think he actually played in a regular season game but he was on the he was on that inaugural roster yeah he was that's a great point um so you know there's it's the pistons i think the the consensus is there's always a lot of needs um, Andre Drummond was the anchor of this team. I think he was fairly safe, uh, for a number of years in Detroit, um, not going anywhere. So we're, we're probably not looking to replace him. Uh, but beyond that, um, you know, they just brought in Reggie Jackson, KCP is actually playing really well for them. And then I'm, I'm trying to balance, you know, not looking into the future that hasn't happened yet, but we know the Tobias Harris trade is coming. Um, so trying to think about what the needs of this team are and who's available on the board. And I think I know which direction we're going to go. With the eighth pick of the 2015 NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons select Kelly Oubre Jr. Mm-hmm. Oubre is an interesting prospect. Uh, I was really high on him. So in was this I. Draft. I wanted the Thunder. Yeah. To draft I him. wanted the Thunder to draft him really badly. Um, yeah. I, I'm there with you. I think watching him at, at Kansas, um, I think he he has all the physical tools. Um, I would have loved to see him on OKC. But Wasn't he also reportedly like friends with Kevin Durant at the time? Yeah, he's he's from the the DC area, if I'm not mistaken mistaken so he's he's got some ties um to kevin durant as well but um his first few seasons were a little bit rough um and then with washington for the most part i feel like he was a solid player i think is the best way to put it but what i really like seeing from Ubre is what he's done since he's moved to phoenix i think he's he's really grown with an increase in opportunity uh, getting more minutes He's averaging 18 and six uh, with the Phoenix Suns. I think those numbers uh, at small forward for this Detroit Pistons squad that was starting Karan Butler and who was backed up by Cartier Martin. Um, <laughs> I, 
I think there was room for improvement. Um, And I I think Oubre would have been a solid young prospect, especially when you kind of fast forward to that 2015-16 roster of Reggie Jackson, KCP, Oubre, Tobias Harris, Andre Drummond. That's a pretty decent starting five for the Detroit Pistons. So uh, my story from here, uh, as I mentioned, Jerry Ramsey is a Detroit Pistons fan. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching the draft with him, or at least the draft lottery, I think. We didn't watch the entire draft. Um, And, of course, Woj is breaking these picks like three picks in advance, right? Uh, But Jerry Jerry wants the TV production presentation. I want want to get down to business. I want Woj's, (laughs) you know, just tell me who the pick is. Let's move on. But Jerry wants to live through all the pageantry. So anyway, you know, he's, he's told me, don't, don't tell me who they're going to pick. And so I've got the pick, you know, well before Detroit comes up. And so I start messing with Jerry. I'm like, uh, so let's see, Frank Kaminsky, he played at Wisconsin, right? <laughs> <laughs> and like, he was so out on Frank Kaminsky. He was like, no, no way. And so, and so by comparison, he was super excited when they took Stanley Johnson rather than Frank Kaminsky. And in the end, it didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Both have been about equally uh, impactful in the league. That's amazing. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, pick number nine, the Charlotte Hornets are on the clock. I will be making the selection. I don't know who the GM for the Hornets was in 2014 15, uh, but I'm going to act like Michael Jordan is making this pick because I've been watching too much of The Last Dance and I want to make some Jordan jokes here. Um, so. We have we ended last season with Kemba Walker, who's really freaking good. We've got Gerald Henderson. Eh. We've got Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who probably shoots a basketball even worse than Dennis Rodman did whenever I was playing with him. Uh, so that's a problem. Uh, Cody Zeller, he's an interesting guy. Big Al, Al Jefferson. Uh, he's been pretty impactful, although it seems like the league's moving away from big men like him. Uh, maybe we need to move on. But, you know, I've, I've been looking at a lot of players here we could draft. Uh, Frank Kaminsky is interesting, but I heard Jerry Krause likes him, so F that guy. Um, <laughs> we need uh, we need help in a few spots. Uh, MKG, he's he's good and all, and he's a young guy, but, man, he, he can play defense, but that's about all he can do, and I don't want a whole bunch of Dennis Rodmans on my team. So uh, we're going to go for some versatility here, and I think we've got our pick. With the ninth overall pick in the draft, the Charlotte Hornets are going to select Justice Winslow. Mm. Thought that was going to happen. Hi, I'm Danny Ainge. I'll give you four first-round picks for that. <laughs> um, I, I I still am very high on Justice yeah. Winslow. Actually, I was really upset. I, I mean, that's a that's a stupid thing to say. I was really upset the league went on hiatus. Like, no shit, I'm really upset the league <laughs> went on hiatus. But getting having the opportunity to get to watch jaw and triple J and justice Winslow together. I thought that was going to be a blast. I thought justice Winslow was going to fit really well on that Memphis team. Uh, I mean, he's kind of a Jack of all trades guy who we don't really know if he's a good three point shooter. He was really good last season. Then this season, you know, he's been hurt and stuff. So he hadn't played a whole lot. Um, but but just his size, he can guard like two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can handle the ball. I mean, Miami was going to play him as basically as point guard, you know. And so he's like almost like a Ben Simmons point guard, just a hair shorter, a good defender, lots of athleticism. I was really high. Like whenever there was talks that the Thunder might be sending Chris Paul to to Miami, I was like, dude, go get Justice Winslow. Yep. I want Justice Winslow so bad, and I still have high hopes for this kid. 
And I think, I mean, God knows how he would end up doing in Charlotte, but I, th- I think that'd be an interesting pick for them. Winslow would have been fascinating in OKC uh, next to Shea Gilgis Alexander. Mm. And again, I, I have no idea exactly what was on the table between Miami and OKC, what they were discussing. Um, I, I'm sure it's some, I, I'm sure if there had been a trade consummated that Winslow would have been part of that package, but you know, you've got, you know, you've got a couple of guys and Sam Presti for OKC, Andy Ellsberg, who's the general manager at Miami. And obviously Pat Riley, is the overlord of that franchise that drive really hard bargains. Not shocking that both guys walked away <laughs> when they couldn't get what they wanted. Uh, that, that would have been interesting, though. Yeah, I mean, if you could have Shea, basically got the one or the two, Justice Winslow, you could play him at the three, but he can handle the ball. You have Darius Baisley, who's proven to be, as a rookie, as a really young rookie, really adept at handling the ball and passing. I mean, you've got some playmaking all over the court. Yeah. Steven Adams is a really underrated passer. I mean, I know this year right now the team is a great passing team and a very smart team that moves the ball. Uh, I think Justice Winslow would have been the same way, though, and I think it would have been really yeah. fascinating. I like it. Yep. So, all right, John Ham is up making a selection for the Miami Heat. Uh, you oh. might have to talk to your overlord first, but uh, <laughs> you are on the clock with pick number 10. So the Miami Heat uh, finished the season 37 and 45. Uh, and, and that is a little misleading because, again, Chris Bosch is on the roster, but his career is about to be over due to a recurrence of, uh, of a block clutter. Uh, a, let me let me try that. It's it's uh, Cinco de Mayo. So I'm uh, I'm too margaritas <laughs> deep. Um, blood clot disorder is what I was trying to say. Uh, Dwayne Wade is on the team, but at 33, uh, not getting any younger, uh, swung a big trade for Goran Dragic. Like, yeah, here, take two first round picks. Why do we care? Uh, for Goran Dragic, uh, Luol Deng, uh, is on this team along with a young Hassan Whiteside and some remnants of that, um, uh, of that, uh, uh, the Miami Heat team that uh, the big three that was supposed to win seven titles. So, um, so what do they need? Um, you know, we, when I'm looking at this squad, you know, we know what Whiteside sort of becomes uh, a, a guy that um, you know puts up a lot of stats, but does he contribute much to winning? Just trying um, to get his two K rating up, John. <laughs> exactly, that's all he's concerned about. Um, you know, Dragic and and Wade are sort of the uh, the backcourt moving forward. So I don't know how much you mess with that if you're drafting at this spot. Uh, this was the uh, this was the pick that eventually became Justice Winslow in in real life. So um, let's see. I'm trying to talk myself into uh, someone here, and I'm going to take that guy off. Um, okay. And I think I have my pick. With the, uh, whatever pick of this draft, I've already lost count much like the days of the week or the months of the day. Um, I am taking Norman Powell from UCLA. Mm. That's a fun one. I like that. Norman Powell, uh, a a guy that suddenly, at least when I saw him play the Thunder, apparently can shoot like 75% from three. Right. Um, (laughs) That seems uh, to happen a lot against the Thunder, though. Seems like, doesn't it? But uh, but no, I mean, like Norman Powell, he's had he's been a little up and down. Some of that's injury related. But I mean, just overall, just kind of a solid type of guard, uh, I guess, would be a sort of their Josh Richardson 
right? Mm-hmm. That's who they, they ultimately wound up drafting in this draft and who went earlier in this fake draft. Uh, so I feel pretty comfortable saying uh, Norman Powell at this point. Nice. Remind me, whenever the Thunder traded Serge Ibaka the next summer, uh, there was rumors that they were dealing with Toronto, and wasn't Norman Powell the player they were targeting along with that pick? Yeah, I think that was. It, there's been there's been different variations that were reported, but I think the consistent part would have been the number nine overall pick, uh, which wound up being Jakob Pertl. But if it wound up in OKC's hands, it would have been Demontis Sabonis. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it would have been Norman Powell. And um, yeah, I, I've heard a variation where Patrick Patterson would have been part of that trade. I heard oh, a variation. Joy. Yeah, uh, like like the Thunder <laughs> were were targeting him before they signed him as a free agent. Um, but those were the two key parts that would have been uh, been part of that trade. Interesting, yeah. The uh, good thing that Sam Presti called Orlando instead. <laughs> yeah. I think that worked uh, out best. Because right. their ownership like wanted to win really badly. And yeah, Rob Hennigan was like, I will let's try this. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, we feel always- like Rob Hennigan owed Presti a favor yeah, or something. Yeah, no shit, man. <laughs> like, we, here in Oklahoma City, we always talk about, man, the Thunder ended up with... Paul George or Shea Gilgis Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, and pretty much every pick for the next 20 years for Serge Ibaka. You know, like yeah. you can very clearly draw those lines. Can you imagine being an Orlando fan? Hey, we gave up DeMontis Sabonis and Victor Oladipo and got, um, checks notes, Terrence Ross? <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. like, God, know. I'd be so sad if I was an Orlando fan. For many reasons. Yeah, well, yeah. you know what? Maybe Orlando fans need uh, need to call up our next sponsor. <laughs> Guys, are you looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. And they're chewable, so they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you all. Visit bluechew.com and get your first order for free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay the $5 shipping and you're good. Again, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W dot com promo code blue wire for your free first order i don't know about you guys but i am excited for this next pick oh i thought you were gonna say you ordered some blue chew <laughs> um, <laughs> why do you think i'm excited whatever man uh <laughs> pick number 11 justin is selecting for the indiana pacers this one, in all honesty, I am excited for because the Pacers have no right to be in the lottery. The only reason they're in the lottery is because of Paul George's leg injury. This is a good team, and they've been a good team. And they've I'm, been. A... I'm, I'm sorry, you said leg injury, which is totally downplayed. It's like when they say Barack Obama, former Chicago resident, <laughs> in the documentary. Okay, I'm sorry. It's just ahead. a flesh wound. It's a flesh wound. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I had he had a bruise. I don't know. <laughs> it's a sprain. Put some dirt on it. You'll be fine. <laughs> the fucking bone is sticking out the side of his leg. Anyway, this is a good team. 
And it's especially a good team with Paul George back, which he will be next season. Um, so it's a, it's kind of a rare chance to poke their head in the lottery and find somebody that could really help a roster that's already super competitive in the Eastern Conference. Um, they, they're deep at a lot of positions. Probably their biggest weakness is at center, um, where they next season will be uh, pretty much stuck with Jan Mahimi. And that's about it. Uh, but Miles Turner, Paul George, Monta Ellis, George Hill. I think it, it is a very solid Pacers squad. Um, I have uh, one spot that I'm kind of leaning towards building out this roster. And we've got a guy available on the board. And I think we're going to go for him. So with the 11th pick in the 2015 NBA draft, the Indiana Pacers select Terry Rozier. So Terry Rozier is interesting to me. Um, I think that the perception that maybe Terry Rozier thinks Terry Rozier is a little better than anybody else thinks Terry <laughs> Rozier is, is probably a little accurate. Mm-hmm. But what I like about this for the Pacers is I know that eventually they're going to trade for Ty Lawson to be their backup point guard. And I know that that is a terrible idea. (laughs) And so I would like to try to prevent them from doing so. And I think Terry Rozier could help in that respect. Um, I think Rozier, he can score. He shoots well from distance. Um, You know, he's kind of upped his efficiency a little bit in Charlotte. Um, Do I think he's overpaid? Probably, but we don't have to worry about that right now on his rookie contract. But I think looking at the Pacers of 2015-16, if you could upgrade Ty Lawson to Terry Rozier, I think that instantly kind of makes that team uh, quite a bit better. It's interesting for sure. Um, Given the options on the board, I mean, that makes a lot of sense at this point Yeah, uh, to reinforce the backup. And, of course, this is the draft where they would have wound up with Miles Turner, who I uh, I, I would say very smartly uh, took earlier in the draft, uh, depriving Justin of this option. Right. Exactly. I like it. Um, all right. Pick number 12. I am selecting for the Utah Jazz. So this past season, uh, we started uh, – we actually have a really good team. We traded Ennis Cantor. This season, uh, cancer. I think, I think that's right. I think they traded in that season um, to open <laughs> yeah. up the space for Rudy Gobert to start at center. And we're really high on Rudy. We think he's going to be really, really good uh, down the stretch. Uh, he's he's a young guy, but man, he's got some long arms. Uh, we had Derek Favors at power forward. He's really solid. We've got our franchise player in Gordon Hayward. He'll never leave Utah. We love that guy. <laughs> um, Dante Exum is a young guard that you know struggled a little bit his first year in the league, but his size, his length, his versatility, we've got high hopes for him moving forward. Uh, but we started Trey Burke at, uh, at point guard this year with a backup of Bryce Cotton. Uh, and looking forward to next year, um, because I can see the future. Our starting point guard is going to be one Raul Nato, uh, or Nito, or however you say his name. I don't even know. That's how bad he is. Uh, we're going to have Shelvin Mack on this team. We need some help at point guard. Now, a lot of the good point guards in this draft have been taken. We really wanted Terry Rozier, but Indiana kind of screwed us. Uh, so we're looking at what our other options are, and we just need someone who we think can be solid and really help these other guys out. It can be a good defender because we've got a lot of scoring on this team. I mean, we even have Alec Burks, 
we have Rodney Hood. We have Joe Ingles. We have a lot of players that we think are going to be able to score the ball. So we just need a point guard that can play some defense, uh, can get the ball to his teammates, and can just fit in seamlessly. So we think we've got our pick. With the 12th overall pick in the draft, the Utah Jazz are selecting the second player from Duke in this draft, Tyus Jones. Solid. Yep. Instead of, uh, I mean, we're, we're getting two Duke players in this lottery, but it's not the same two Duke players that went last time. <laughs> Rightfully so. So you're, uh, you're, you're going with him over trail, Trey Lyles, who is still on the board. Yes, uh, we're, I don't think we're going to go with Trey Lyles or Jalil Okafor. I think we're good on both of those fronts. Uh, but no, that, that would make yeah. the next year of Utah um, their starting lineup. I mean, maybe you start Tyus Jones, but then you still have Rodney Hood, Gordon Hayward, Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert. Like That's a pretty solid lineup. You have mm-hmm. Alec Burks uh, and Trey Burke, which was the most confusing backcourt maybe in the history of the NBA. Um, I could never remember which one spelled their name which way. Uh, you have Joe Ingles really coming to life that year, um, really kind of uh, becoming who we know as Joe Ingles now. Uh, so, so a pretty interesting team that that could have been pretty good. Um, they've just they've constantly been deprived of of a good point guard. They've really needed a good point guard for a while now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, now I, even though they 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 traded for Mike Conley, but I mean, Donovan Mitchell is really their playmaker on that team and rightfully so because Conley has not been good this season but I mean this is the first time they've actually had a really good guy at the at the head of the offense I feel like yeah I think I think that's a I think that's all fair points I think Tyus Jones is a good pick awesome all right pick 13 Ham is on the clock selecting for the Phoenix Suns Oh, hey, sorry. I, I was expecting something else there. Okay, my bad. <laughs> sorry. Okay, so let's talk about the Phoenix Suns from that season. They won 39 games. Uh, you know, just missed the playoffs. Um, but so much turmoil that season. Uh, Goran Dragic, like, did not want to be there anymore. Eric Bledsoe was not far away from not wanting to be there anymore. Uh, they had Isaiah Thomas on that team. Um for reasons and traded him to Boston at the deadline. And they had like Brevin, not, uh, I'm not Brevin. <laughs> I get Brevin and Brandon. I mixed up. They're basically the same guy. They had the, the more I, the more I were united at this point, Markeith and Marcus <laughs> were, uh, were on this team. PJ Tucker, who I uh, believe this season was the answer to the thunders issues at shooting guard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as, as I recall, Hey, this is um, now that you're mentioning it, this was a really tough team. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is a team that didn't like take any crap from anybody. Lots of fighting. <laughs> oh yes. yeah. Russell Westbrook hated this team. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yes. Definitely. So, um, I, again, it, it's a team that, um, it had some personalities on it definitely, but not totally devoid of talent at this point. And it kind of goes to show like, I mean, this team got such a lifeline by getting Devin Booker at this mm. pick in real life. Right. Um, and so if they don't, have Devin Booker at this pick because he was already taken uh, earlier in this fake draft. I mean, which way do you go? And I just rattled off a bunch of different guys there. And um, man, I, I'm I'm trying to decide who actually makes sense at this pick. Um, I have an idea. Let me go double check something here. Well, here's the thing: they've got Alex Lynn 
right? They, uh, mm-hmm. he's 21 years old. They've got some, some interest in him and developing him. Um, so let's see, I could go that direction. I could. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, I'm ready to make a pick. And uh, with this selection, the Phoenix Suns are taking Kevon Looney from UCLA, mm. who in real life went with the 30th overall pick mm-hmm. to the Golden State Warriors. He will soon be a world champion, and rings are all that matters. <laughs> hey, I mean, he's uh, he's better than, than Charles Barkley because he's got a ring, you know? <laughs> That's, That's right. right. Them's the rules. I don't make the rules. I'm just, I'm just playing by him, all right? Thanks for that, Draymond. <laughs> But it's yeah. fascinating when you go back and look at this. Um, I mean, again, Bledsoe, I think I think the following year is when he tweeted out that I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, he uh, just he wasn't was a fan of being at that hair salon or nail <laughs> yeah, salon, was it? Right, I don't blame there. him. Yeah, he, he didn't like the haircut <laughs> he was getting. Yeah, he was social um, distancing before it was cool, man. He just didn't want to be at the nail salon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they've got both of the Morrises, which they would wind up trading both of these guys. Um, I mean, be, it became a bit of a turnstile, right? And so Devin Booker mm-hmm. is sort of a – you know, stabilizing effect on this team, even though they've still not been great since then. But, you know, if he's off the board in the way that these draft picks have laid out, um, I, I, I don't know. Can, can you, I don't know if you can go much in, in a much better direction. I mean, Willie Hernan Gomez was a guy that I was looking at maybe, but I wasn't real happy with that idea yeah. either. Hmm. Yeah, this draft especially now getting down to this level, like it's it's tough. It really is. Um, yeah which makes me not envy Justin because he is about to play Sam Presti and make the 14th pick in the lottery for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Justin, for what it's worth, I don't think you can do much worse than Cameron Payne here. This is true. I have a very <laughs> low bar to clear. Uh, but oh, this man. is this is the first time in our redraft series that we have seen the appearance of Oklahoma City. So I feel like there's some added pressure um, especially this draft, which I feel like has a few promising prospects at the top and then drops off pretty significantly. Um, it's tough. This Thunder team is interesting. Um, they they had Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka, Steven Adams, Andre Robertson, kind of the core that we know and love. But behind them, uh, we had DJ Augustine backing up Russell Westbrook. Um, we have yeah. Jeremy Lamb getting significant rotation minutes, Anthony Morrow, Nick Collison, Perry Jones, Mitch McGarry. Uh, this is a team that was kind of like this draft, uh, packed with stars at the top and then kind of dropped off. And so I think that there's some definite depth that this team needs. I think ultimately I see the same need that, Presty did when drafting Cameron Payne. I think finding a reliable backup for Russell Westbrook, especially kind of with looming injury and health concerns now surrounding Russell Westbrook, I think having somebody that's reliable to back him up is where we want to go. And I think we know who we want to go with. With the 14th pick in the 2015 NBA draft, the Oklahoma City Thunder select DeLon Wright. Makes a lot of sense. I like DeLon. I think as a backup point guard, I think he could bring a lot to this Thunder team. 
he's a solid three-point shooter, which I think could have helped that Thunder team uh, and could honestly help most Thunder teams. Um, <laughs> I don't think, you know, he's not he's not a star. I don't think he's going to demand heavy minutes. I don't think he's going to have to be ball dominant. I think he could be a nice complimentary piece. Um, I think, you know, what, what he was able to do in Memphis last season – was pretty solid. He averaged 12 points a game, uh, five, five and a half rebounds a game, five and a half assists, roughly. Uh, I think he is a, a solid contributor. And I think that's honestly at this point in the draft and with what that Thunder team needed, I think that kind of fits the bill. I like him at six, five, uh, basically a combo guard in the backcourt. I mean, not as good a dancer as Cameron Payne, but, um, you know, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that uh, would that would alter the course of history quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Then who does Charlie Villanueva get into uh, like a fight with? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? That it's, takes a Gatorade commercial off the board too. <laughs> oh man! All right. So to recap our 2015 redraft, uh, pick number one with Minnesota selecting Carl Anthony Towns. Pick number two, the Lakers taking Devin Booker. Philly at three takes Chris Stapps Porzingis. The Knicks at four take D'Angelo Russell. Orlando at five taking Montrez Harrell. Sacramento at six with Josh Richardson. Denver at seven with Miles Turner. Detroit at eight with Kelly Oubre Jr. With the ninth pick, Charlotte selected Justice Winslow. The tenth pick, Miami gets Norman Powell. Uh, Pick 11, Indiana takes Terry Rozier. Utah at 12 takes Tyus Jones. Phoenix at 13 takes Kavon Looney and the Thunder at 14 take DeLon Wright. Uh, John and Justin out. Of, I just realized we're the three J's on this podcast. Jacob, John and Justin. Wow. What a, what a dream team right there. Triple man. J, triple J. We're almost as good as Jaron Jackson jr. Almost. Um, which of these redraft selections that we make, do you guys think is the most interesting or, or the best one? Let's see. Which ones did I make? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I find it interesting that the only one that lined up in real life was Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Everything think, else was shuffled up. And, and also, of the lottery that actually happened, we did not select, what is this, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players that went in that lottery did not go in ours. I think that yeah. that is a, a new high for us yeah. on these redrafts. Wow. And I was honestly trying to find a way to squeeze in TJ McConnell, who was an undrafted free agent that year. <laughs> I just I couldn't justify it anywhere along the way. Quinn Cook was another yeah. Uh, yeah. undrafted yeah. free agent. Another I thought guy. about doing Quinn at fourteen. Yeah. Oh, that would have been interesting. O'Neal. How about Royce O'Neal? He was also an undrafted free agent. Oh wow! Year. Yeah, you're yeah. right. How about Christian Wood? Yep. Who is the the smart guy, uh, NBA up and comer for the past seven years? Yeah, right. Like. <laughs> Definitely. Um. I, there there's some really interesting ones here. I I do really like Ham's idea of Miles Turner to Denver. Yeah. Uh, that's a I fascinating like that one. That uh that that's an interesting wrinkle. That again with the ripple effects that that would make on the future, uh, mm-hmm. it's just very big. So that one's interesting. Uh, I also like Porzingis at three to Philly. You know, does yep. Philly decide to keep Nerlens Noel at that point uh, and run with the front court of Nerlens and Kristaps? That's that's arms for days, man. Yeah, 
like gorgeous arms for days and so you don't have Jalil Okafor uh that maybe changes the way you you move in the forward maybe they don't end up with with Joel Embiid you know it's uh, a lot of interesting moving pieces there as well. Well, they they would have had Embiid already, remember, because he was drafted previously. Yeah, was he? Tw- right. Sorry, was he twenty fourteen? He was twenty fourteen, was he not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so, so you're right. So, yeah, then you have yeah. Porzingis, Nerlens, and Joel Embiid. You know, maybe yeah. Porzingis plays yeah. so well the next season. Do you trade either Joel or Porzingis? Um, that that it just it, it creates a lot of interesting. Uh, Interesting hypotheticals there, I think. Yeah. I like Josh Richardson in Sacramento a lot also. Because mostly, because I'd like to see what the Kings could have done with Boogie Cousins if they would have stopped drafting big men while he was there. Like, just (laughs) maybe try to find some complimentary pieces to go around him instead of consistently just drafting big men. And I think Josh Richardson, I I think he's a fantastic player. And who knows? Who knows where the Kings would have ended up uh, knowing the Kings probably – still in in the lottery i yeah i I can't wait to see where they would have traded him to create cap space to sign (laughs) an over aging free agent (laughs) no shit and also you know like josh richardson went in the second round he ended up being really good but he also ended up in miami Mm -hmm. which is a place where young players go and typically develop really Mm -hmm. well you know when you look across the league miami boston golden state oklahoma city uh, Dallas a little bit. There's these these franchises where young players can really develop and grow. Um, one team that does not make that list is the Sacramento Kings. You yeah, know, I mean, and so does Josh Richardson become Josh Richardson in Sacramento? Yeah. I mean, Jacob, I think we have to be honest. There's a good chance he's out of the league at this point. Yeah. If his totally. career begins there. <laughs> I mean, look at how well Ben McLemore has been in in Houston this year. Yeah. And I mean, he started his league or he started his uh, his career in Sacramento, and it just seemed like a detriment. You know, that's why people kind of call me crazy for this, but that's why I still think like someone going and getting Kevin Knox from the Knicks is kind of interesting because Mm -hmm. it's the freaking Knicks. Yep. Like nobody can develop there, what unless you're like a a superstar like Porzingis, you know? So. It's interesting. All right, guys. Well, John, thank you so much for jumping on with us. We had yeah. a blast. We hope you enjoyed it. Absolutely, um, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. So uh, next week, we'll be back at it again. Uh, that Next week, though, will be 2014, which who was in that 2014 draft? Uh, Joel Embiid, as mm-hmm. we said. Who are some other big picks? Um, this is the Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker draft. So, yep. uh, oh, this one's going to be fun. This um, one, lots yeah. of guys. This- dang. This is the draft, if you'll remember. Ben, I mean, Bill Simmons was convinced there was like seven cornerstones in this draft, and yeah. he was just a bit outside. Yeah, <laughs> this is a uh, man. We we talked Aaron Gordon, Julius Randle, Zach Levine, yeah. Marcus Nikola Smart, Jokic. yeah, T.J. Warren, Yosef Nurkic goes outside of the lottery. Next week's gonna be fun, man. I'm excited for that. And Mitch McGarry. Oh, good old Mitch. <laughs> He's out see riding we unicycles can slide and him smoking in, weed now. See if we can slide him into the lottery. Oh, God. <laughs> Hell yes. Uh, I mean, he can run Glenn Big Baby Davis uh, off the court, you know. That was uh, <laughs> one of my favorite Thunder games of all time. Yes. So, hey, thank fun. you guys so much for checking out the podcast. Uh, we appreciate you. If you're a first-time listener, uh, make sure you subscribe so you can get our episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you're a long-time listener, as always, thank you so much. If you are not already doing so, number one, what the hell are you doing? Number two, go follow John Ham on Twitter. He is at John, J-O-N underscore Ham with two M's. Is that correct, John? 
John M. Ham. Oh, sorry, John M. Ham. There's no underscore. It's just John M. Ham. Uh, my apologies. I, I'm giving people the wrong at. Uh, go follow John. He is a great Twitter follower. He, uh, he, even though he sometimes is old man yells at Sky about Christian Leitner, and uh, we'll forgive him for that though. So, <laughs> um, John, again, we appreciate you so much for taking the time out of your day. Thank you so much. Uh, you guys all stay safe. Wash your hands. Continue to practice social distancing. Wear a mask outside if you can, please. Um, and, and don't get pissed whenever uh, someone asks you to do so. Uh, there's no need. We're all just trying to stay healthy here. We'll be back Friday. Taylor and I will be doing the top five shooting guards in Thunder history. Uh, and you can bet at least number one through three are all going to be Dion Waiters. So we will talk to you Friday. And until then, have a great week and Thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.